our comfort zone is not where we're going to grow. Exactly. Right. You feel that in the gym all the time, mm -hmm. or if you're running, you get to that point where it hurts so bad and you just want to stop. Oh, this hurts. I'm having a reaction to this, but then you realize, wait a second, that's growth. Very important question for you here. What led you to do this type of work? with NLP. Uh, in college, in, in grad school, playing sports in high school and college, one of the things I noticed is like, oh, it's such a mental game. I could, mm -hmm. I, I could like crush it in practice, but if something was off in my mind, I'd step to the plate, strike out, right? I should have mm -hmm. crushed that ball and I whiffed. Most of life is mental. And then as I got familiar with Tony Robbins and at about age 25, I was like, oh, this dude has it down. And I just dove into it. I got my master practitioner licenses and NLP practitioner and loved it and have seen significant results in what I can help clients do. I would have therapists send me their clients that they were stuck with and you know, they'd be like, hey, I've been working with this girl for two years. Can you help her? I, I can't get her unstuck. What is up, guys? This is the Determined Society, and I'm Sean French, your host. And before I introduce today's guest, I'd like to remind you that if you love the show, if you've heard it before, uh, go ahead and share this with all of your friends, your enemies, your boss, whomever you feel it would benefit from this message today. Um, it's really important that we have interaction and uh, don't don't be afraid to share today's episode, guys. Like I can't stress that enough. Like this guy that I have with me, he is an NLP master. He's born in a farm in Lexington, Kentucky. He now resides in Nashville, Tennessee. He's an NLP master with over 16 entrepreneurial ventures underneath his belt. He is breaking weak ass mindsets all over the globe. Everybody welcome to the show. Mike Zeller. What's up, buddy? What's up, Sean? So excited to be here. And uh, let's see what type of weak ass mindsets we can break today. Oh, dude, man. Hopefully it's mine. <laughs> we, we all got some weak ass in us that uh, some way oh, in our life we show man. up in a disempowered state, you know? No, sure, man. We, you know, it's so funny because, you know, a lot of people feel like these, you know, mindset coaches and people that have a strong amount of determination and grit, like individuals like you and I, never have moments where we show up like a weak little bitch. Like, mm -hmm. honestly, it happens. Right. Mm -hmm. So, you know, let's get into it, man. Like I, here's what I've noticed a lot of times, um, throughout my career in baseball and into, you know, my sales career and entrepreneurial, um, venture, this is my first one. There's times where that weak mindset will just show up, man, out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. How have you ever had moments in your, in your journey as well that that thing just shows up and you, and you just need to, you need to turn up the volume just a little bit on some other thoughts. Yeah. hundred percent. So you, th if you think of our minds as like, it's, it's a series, our, our neuro pathways are like a series of highways. So if I go down, if I go back to my hometown, I don't have to think about how to get to my parents' house or go mm. back to my old high school where I played high school baseball. I don't have to think it's there's a neuro pathway already there. So like if I go to my parents' house there, when my wife and I were early in our marriage, she noticed I showed up differently when I was around my parents. Mm. And, and so I would allow certain things that happen. Like my, my dad would uh, sort of have these off putting comments around that. He's almost like one foot in the grave. This is the last couple of years. Like he's one foot in the grave. <laughs> <laughs> and, mm -hmm. and my my mom might say something kind of uh her family grown up like they would tease their their comfort with emotional discomfort was like let's make light of it and move past it real quick 
I love both mm. my parents. They're phenomenal parents. But like that's a neuro pathway that was already set. So my mom and dad would show up at our house or I'd go to their house. Boom. It'd slide into that. And I'd almost like become a little more passive. Then mm. my wife pointed out next time they were over, I said, hey, dad, you're no longer allowed to talk about being one foot in the grave. <laughs> And because I'm like changing the neural pathway, I'm like, I'm yeah. going to build a new highway. Mama, you're not going to disparage, make playful, mm -hmm. you know, uh, sarcastic comments about me or ideally my dad either. So that's an interesting point, brother. And I want to dive into this and I want the audience to really take this one in because I, I think you might've just cleared up a lot of people's, you know, I guess, neural pathways that they didn't even know really fucking existed, right? And I'm sitting here thinking like, oh my God, you know, my wife's told me many times that, hey, when your mom's around, you act differently. Mm -hmm. Or when you're around your sister, you act differently. You know, and, and again, like that that's a neural pathway. And I didn't even realize that was there. You know, let me ask you this. When you approached your father and said, hey, you're no longer allowed to joke about being half foot in the grave and mom, you can't make any disparaging comments or sarcastic comments about me or my dad. How did they take that? Uh, they were caught off off guard a little bit. It was a little <laughs> abrupt. Um, yeah. Right. But you know what? I is it more important for me to create a little, uh, to avoid discomfort or to create mm -hmm. the presence and the energy and, and what I want in my family. I was like, Hey, this is, this is affecting my wife. And affecting, yeah. Yeah. and now we have a much better relationship. And my wife actually enjoys being around them more. You know, that's a great point, man. I actually love that. And, I, and again, I wasn't suspecting that it mattered, right? Or you felt, you know, it was an uncomfortable, you know, conversation. But at the same time, it's like these types of things need to be had, mm -hmm. right? Because if you don't, if you don't tell them how you're feeling, once you notice something and something's brought up to your attention by your best friend, your wife, like you got to honor that, man. You know, and, and it's just so nice to hear that other people deal with this. Yeah. I thought it was just me and my, and my wife dealing with, you know, the, you know, certain dynamics and relationships, but you know, it's funny because we can flip this into a positive too. When I'm around certain friends, yeah. I act so much better. Honey. Right. And, and I don't ever act out of like, out of like craziness, but like, I'm a little bit more positive around certain friends, right? Uh, I'm a little bit more positive around my in-laws, yeah. right? So they provide an amazing neuro pathway for me. Yeah. You know, it's pretty interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you're speaking to really, because so much 60, we have 60,000 thoughts a day and 99% of them are subconscious. So it's almost like you walk into, if, if you really love McDonald's, you walk into McDonald's, you know what you're going to get. Probably one of them. Mm -hmm. If it's McDonald's breakfast, you know what you're going to get, right? You walk into, uh, you know, um, Fleming Steakhouse, got a favorite dessert, favorite wine, favorite shrimp mm -hmm. cocktail, whatever. Boom. You're, you don't have to think about it. And, and we have patterns around money. We have patterns around a relationship with sex, a relationship with a car. Uh, and you're talking about hanging out with friends. That's why it's so important to surround you. You become a product of the five people you spend the most time with. You're literally marinating yourself in that mindset, in that energy of abundance or scarcity, in that mm. jadedness or that positiveness of life, that health, how you treat the your significant other. Literally, if you're around guys that cheat on their wives and go to strip clubs all the time, what are you probably going to be? That's the energy, yeah. right?
Yeah. But you and I, yeah. we're hanging out with, you know, Dr. Taryn Marie. We're hanging out with other entrepreneurs <laughs> and leaders and thinkers and heck, even creating yeah. a podcast means you're automatically going to be around more good people. You know, it's so funny because like Dr. Taryn Marie is an unbelievable woman. Yeah. I, 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 I absolutely love her. And I think that her and Mike are going to be here during uh, the winter time uh, right here. So we're going to, she reached out, she says, Hey, we're going to be there. I think you guys, you want to hang out. And I'm like, yeah, let's do it. Let's, 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 it'll be great. But you know, when I made the podcast, you know, I really, it really started small, right? I, I just wanted to interview local people. And I didn't really think it would turn into something where I'm talking to dudes like you, you know, in the room with Bedros Cooley and on, mm -hmm. you know, the other end with Taryn Marie and, and people like Amberly Lago. It's just nuts. Right. Oh, yeah. But like, that becomes that becomes my network, right? Yeah. And so I learn something from every single one of you guys at different points. I just think it's so important because as you try to level up in life, you need people that are there, mm -hmm. right? You know, a bunch of you know the current state Sean's aren't going to help me rise. I mean, that's just right. the, that's just the reality of it. And it's so it's so difficult because when the the moment that your current friends or the people that live down the street from you see you trying to level up man, it really messes with their minds, mm -hmm. right? Because it's like, what do you mean you're not drinking? Yeah, yeah. Like, why? wait, why are you working out again today? You lifted it earlier. Why are you going to run? Well, because like I want a certain something in my life yeah. and this is what it is. Like, why does it matter? But it's funny how the things that we do to try to break away from certain activities and then just start pouring more into our emotional and physical selves and spiritual selves, it offends people. Yeah. Why do you think that is? So unconsciously, what are our brains designed to do? The first priority of the human brain is to keep you safe, to keep you alive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And what does it perceive as dangerous? What it doesn't know, what it doesn't mm. understand. That's the normal default wiring. Our default mode is what is what we don't know is dangerous or unsafe. And even what our what our parents teach us: stay away from strangers, stay away from mm -hmm. this, don't eat that unless they know it's safe, right? Mm -hmm. And it's and there's validity to that. Some strangers are dangerous. Most aren't, but some are. Most things you could eat, probably safe. But some things, you eat a penny <laughs> and you're four years old, that penny could get stuck in your throat. Could be a problem. <laughs> some rocks, some poison, whatever. Um, so unconsciously, when we see our friends doing something that we don't know and we haven't done or we're not familiar with, it might feel threatening. It might feel like yeah. we're going to lose our friend. And so it's crabs in a bucket. You know, one crab tries to get out. The rest, If there's more than one crab in the bucket, the rest of the crabs are going to try and grab it and mm -hmm. pull it right back down. This is dangerous. Don't yeah. go out there. You're being a crazy. You know, it's funny because like when, when people perceive that as I'm losing my friend, they're not really losing their friend. It's just dynamics going to change mm. a little bit, right? Like where I might be over there, I might not be drinking as much, but I'm going to be over there. Yeah. I'm going to watch a football game with y'all. I'm going to, we're going to do what we do. We're going to eat some good food and we're going to have a blast, but I don't necessarily need to partake in certain things. Yeah. I think the brain to your point to keep us safe and keep us alive, but also to seek comfort. Yeah. Right. And, and, and as we know, our comfort zone is not where we're going to grow. Exactly. Right. You, you feel that in the gym all the time, mm -hmm. or if you're running, mm -hmm. you know, like you get to that point where it hurts so bad and you just want to stop. Oh, this hurts. I I'm having a reaction to this, but then you realize, wait a second, that's growth, right? We're tearing down the old and we're building up the new, um, very important question for you here. What led you 
to do this type of work with NLP and, and all that, all, because that's a very important and, and very, uh, I, I guess, needed thing in the world today. So what led you to that? Yeah, in college, in, in grad school, so playing, actually I was playing baseball too, playing sports in high school and college. One of the things I noticed is like, ah, oh, it's such a mental game. I could, mm-hmm. I, I could like crush it in practice, but if something was off in my mind, I'd step to the plate, strike out, right? I should have mm. crushed that ball and I whiffed. Um, so most of life is mental. And, and then as I got familiar, familiar with Tony Robbins and at about age 25, I was like, oh, this dude has it down. And I just dove into, I got uh, my master practitioner licenses and NLP practitioner and loved it and have seen significant results in what I can help uh, clients do. Um, I would have therapists uh, send me their clients that they were stuck with. And, uh, mm. and you know, they'd be like, hey, I've been working with this girl for two years. Can you help her? I, I can't get her unstuck. And, um, <laughs> and then I'd usually get results in the first couple of weeks. Mm. Um, so the, the shifts that we want to make, you know, they really come down to three core areas. And this is a, a, a recent development where I've realized how important in this third area, because I would always focus on the first two. The first is your identity. Like you think of Kobe Bryant, Kobe Bryant off the court, nice dude on the court. He was a killer because he had this Mm -hmm. black Mamba identity. He was shifting into that persona. Beyonce, former church girl, choir girl. She's like, Hey, that's not going to be the world-class entertainer. I know I'm meant to be Mm -hmm. Sasha fierce. I got to shift into that for me. When I went through a season, lost a million dollars. Dude, I was, I had shame. I had embarrassment. I'm the provider. I'm supposed to be successful. I'm a high achiever. I'm a type three Enneagram. I'm going to kick some ass and I'm going to achieve, achieve, achieve. Well, I no longer was achieving. Mm-hmm. I, I, my weak ass, I asked my body what the name of that version of me, weak ass Willie. Weak ass Willie. Weak ass Willie. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, bro. Weak ass Willie. His tail was tucked. Between his legs, yeah. and he did not want to see the light of day. He did not want to see anyone for about a year and a half. How did weak ass Willie show up, though? I'm curious. Like, did was it internal, or was it just was there a lot of was it written all over you? Well, it, it shows up both ways. So, if you look, you can tell energetically when someone is confident. And Amy Purdy in her book Presence also talks about a lot of the research. When someone is confident, their shoulders are back. They stand mm-hmm. up straight, straighter. Their testosterone, your testosterone is actually higher. Um, mm-hmm. When you are depressed and down, you're physiologically, you're kind of slumped. And, and a way to actually shift your energy is actually shift your physiology. So if your shoulders mm-hmm. are slumped, like Tony Robbins, that's why his events are so powerful. Because no matter what state you're in, he's going to make you jump up and down. He's going to make you mm-hmm. high five. He's going to make you celebrate. So because it shifts your physiology, it shifts your emotional feeling on the inside Hmm. and it literally releases neurochemicals meaning serotonin dopamine endorphins all those things that's why exercise is so powerful yeah that's why i always feel great after i leave the gym yeah you know yeah i pump i pump a good 30 minute walk and then i do a lift and then i'm like dude i'm I'm drenched i'm out of here yeah you know it's it's one of those things where you never after it's done you never regret it yeah right you never regret it yeah um you know, that, that's, that's interesting. You know, I, I've been really curious because it's something that, you know, straight up I've struggled with in my life. And I know a lot of others struggle with this as well. 
And in the audience, if you have any questions about this specific topic coming up, go ahead and drop me an email, sean.french at the determined society. I'll put that in the show notes, but the mindset of abundance. Mm. And you know, Mike, you and I talked about it a little bit before we started recording. I think this is something the audience can get a lot out of. Um, and I know I can get a lot out of it too. It's one thing to say, hey, think abundantly, be, you know, have gratitude. But there's a point, right, where when you're when you're going for that shift, your subconscious is going to pull you back because it's uncomfortable. And then you think of like the current state, Sean, or current state, weak ass Willie. Mm-hmm. I think of my guy would be Bart. I think I'd name my guy Bart. You know, I think I think my lower self would have to be Bart for mm-hmm. sure. What? Why is that so difficult um, to 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 truly ascend to that abundance mentality and just not be pulled back? So there's back to that neural pathways. There's probably an energetic wiring. Why? Mm-hmm. Why, if you grew up middle class, do you probably live a middle class life? Why, if you grew up poor? Are you most likely going to live a poor life? If you grew up wealthy, you're more likely to live a wealthy life. Mm-hmm. You're energetically wired. Now, the beauty of American life, beauty of most countries in the world, you can escape. You can ascend up the ladder. You can also descend. Um, mm-hmm. So, um, but how do you how you do it is hard, and it comes down to back to those three core areas: identity, beliefs, and energy. If my identity identity does not match that higher level, then I'm not going to get there. Like Michael mm. Jordan's identity, he's like, hey, when he gets kicked off the high school basketball team, when he gets the certain things go wrong, his identity was like, I'm a champion. I'm going to freaking figure this out. Mm-hmm. I'm the most competitive freaking individual ever played team sports was his identity, right? And he had the talent to back it up. The next part, so, and I like to say your identity precedes your destiny. Mm-hmm. something that supports us in becoming more abundant and letting go of uh, this old scarcity mindset, uh, you know, is, is the reality that also there's, there's, there's like, a, almost think of it as a competitive tension. There's opposing forces, like opposing teams. The, the negative opposing force is this old story, old beliefs, old identity, old energy. Of you're not good enough, you're not worthy of it, blah, blah, blah. You're mm-hmm. not smart enough, too tall, too young, too old, not the right skin color, wrong sex, not educated enough, too educated, whatever. Missed your opportunity, didn't miss your opportunity, you never got an opportunity, whatever. All these stories, it's rackets, right, in our head. On the positive side is desire. Let me break down that word, desire. To, it comes from, from the, I think it's an old Latin phrase, da and sire. Da means of. Sire means the father. Mm. If you were given a desire, think of the law of attraction. Think of Jesus, ask and you shall receive. Think of quantum physics. Quantum physics talks about how you can, I remember 19 years old, walking into my library on a Saturday afternoon, picking up a, a physics journal and reading about quantum physics. And this is like 25 years ago. 20, yeah. New Yorker, a, a researcher in New York and a researcher in San Francisco had identified that they could send like, I think it was like quarks from a super high powered microscope with a thought from New York to San Francisco, the power of their thought. Hmm. And they had documented in an academic journal. This wasn't like a frou-frou, you know, law of attraction book. <laughs> right. <laughs> I like it. 
It was real stuff. And you think in our life. So we manifest what we, we we're called. The desire is placed in us, but there's a tension and opposing force. And those opposing forces can also be the things that cause us to rise. Like when I lost that million dollars in 18 months, I said, you know what? I'm going to re-freaking wire my money mindset. And I read a money mindset book for 35 weeks straight. And I read, I've read 96 money mindset books. Now I've written a couple money mindset journals. I'm going to write some books in the future around this. And I'm going to create, I see in my mind, I'm going to create $100 million net worth for me. Mm. I haven't yet, mm-hmm. but I also can see it coming. And it's like, if, if my identity, if my visual, if I see myself over here, my reality is a gap. I'm behind that gap. But I start seeing myself over here more and more, and I proclaim and move. That means I'm going to move. I'm going to take inches of direction towards that step. But if I see myself as a victim, powerless, helpless, not good enough, not smart enough, can't do it, not enough of the right opportunities, I'm not going to move. Yeah. So the identity is the first part. I love it, man, because you, you brought up a great point right there, and I want everybody to listen to this one. If you wanted to raise your money mindset, right, and your monetary awareness, what did you do? You started reading books about money mindset. So I think that's something that people are not doing, man. It's simple. It's not easy. Yeah. Right? It's simple, not easy. Typically, what like what people like to do is I'm not getting it. I'm not making it. I'm not this. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Universe. Mm-hmm. Boom. You're not. Yes. You're not. Now we all have these areas in our lives, right? Um, And that we go through and that we fight through. So what I'm hearing you say is if you struggle with money and creating wealth and creating abundance, read books about money mindset. Yeah. Right. If you struggle with fitness, start reading books about nutrition and fitness Mm -hmm. and put those things in your mind to where you start vibrating on that frequency. Right. And, and let me ask you another question. When you started reading these books about money mindset, how long before you started really like feeling that in your being yeah. like, man, I'm the guy. Yeah. Great, great question. Real quick. And you said something else really important. You said, I am not, I am not, I am not. One of the most powerful phrases that a human being ever says is I am. And then whatever follows that I am. Literally every day, I'd say almost every every day of the year. Not quite, but here's my playlist. In the morning, first thing I do, like this morning, woke up at 5.30 a.m. And I, I'm making an automatic because it's not automatic. How many people wake up in the morning with a positive mindset? You just don't. <laughs> Shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> um, magic Mike. A wealth magnet. I am love it. Earning and saving millions. So, so that's what I wake up with every morning. So, so these IMs, I, I want the audience to really point out. I mean, to hear that the first thing he, he, he feels he is is Magic Mike. Yeah, you know, not from the movie though, yeah, right? Yeah, no, I, I, I'm okay. all okay. white in my dancing ability because <laughs> the girls are like screaming, like, ah, <laughs> no, Magic Mike. I'm definitely not that. But, but if you look, so the, the mind affects the body and the body affects the mind. So you have to work Mm. on the energy. 
the how you work on the energy it's in in your heart is six here's another key component your heart is 65,000 times more magnetically powerful or electromagnetically powerful than the mind meaning electrical energy this comes from a heart math institute so this is like well documented research all right so our energy is also really that's the last piece it's a piece that was missing for me I would read the books and read the books and all that. But I was still on this energy. It could be still be in this energy of scarcity. So how do you shift out mm-hmm. of that? Put yourself in proximity and energy of others that are in that abundance. Or, for example, when I bought my first Tesla. All right. So I, I this is like in, I don't know, eight years ago, seven years ago. You know what? I was like, all right, I, I love this car. But how the heck am I going to afford a hundred and... $30,000 car at the time. That's what it was. Um, mm-hmm. But I went and drove it. I went and set in test drive and experienced it. And then I started while I was actually doing it, I was actually reprogramming my mind and my body that this is safe back to our brain's mm-hmm. desire. Oh, what it doesn't know, avoid. It's not safe. Being more wealthy, not safe. Upper limit problem. Nope. Come back down. Right. So, and I, in my next car that I want to get is a Porsche Taycan, the all electric Porsche. Mm. I, I love electric cars. Yeah, I like, I love gasoline powered, you know, 911s are great too. I want to get one of those eventually, but the, I've driven, test driven it like five times. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just marinating my mind in it. Mm-hmm. So, and then putting my, so it's, and then, but before you also marinate, you have to release most people don't release the trauma, release the fears, release the junk, and it gets stuck in our bodies. Us as humans, we're like emotionally constipated. Mm. So I, so again, like guilty. Like, let's dive into trauma. Let's dive into that because to me, if you, like you said, if you don't release and if you don't get rid of all that emotion, then you're you do become stuck. I feel in so many areas in my life, I have had trauma. And look, yeah. I'm not. It's not poor me. We all have trauma. Mm-hmm. We all have things that go on in our life, whether we were bullied, yeah. whether, you know, um, we've lost everything, whether we don't feel we're good enough, but to overcome it, that's where the magic is. So, so talk to me a little bit, how, how I, and how these individuals out there that are holding on to some past trauma, how do they release it? Yeah. So the releasing is a really hard thing. Okay. Um, now, and mainly because it's hard to release it out of your body. We can consciously release it. So I love those exercises where you literally write out everything you're releasing. I release mm-hmm. fear. I release the story of, of brokenness. I release what so-and-so did to me. I release what I did to so-and-so. And burning that letter, bur- whatever it is, you know, and energetically mm-hmm. praying to God, universe, whatever it is, um, having a ritual of release. That part often works, but it's often also not enough. Mm. And why it's often not enough is think of a PTSD veteran comes back from war. You know, in in fact, PTSD was determined a mental condition because so many Vietnam veterans for a decade said, hey, we've got something wrong with us. We can't get this fixed. We can't show up differently. We were plagued by this thing, by what happened to us in Vietnam. 1983, they finally designate PTSD as a real condition. All right, because it was trapped in their body. Mm. Muscle memory, right? Why, why if someone smacks their hand towards your eyes, you blink and you flinch. <laughs> it's stored in your body, not because you, yeah. you know. Anyway, 
So the, the challenge with that is human beings, most human beings do not ever learn how to, in a healthy way, in a complete way, process their negative emotions. We become emotionally constipated. And I, I'm guilty of that. I was one of those. And I'm still learning to flush out you know, negative emotions more health, in a healthier way. And it's because we grew up in homes. Our parents didn't know. They, their parents didn't know. Mm-hmm. Like I grew up in a home, I had great parents. But as I talked, the uh, anger was the safe emotion. Anger and avoid sadness, avoid despair, avoid doubt, avoid these things. Just grind it out and go, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, did, did we talk about the polar bear and trauma? No, we haven't yet. Yeah, can I tell I'm you just still, I'm still caught up in the fact that like, I'm thinking, did we grow up in the same house? Like I don't. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> we haven't talked about the polar All bear, right. no. So let me tell you about a polar bear. In, in the 80s, in the 70s and 80s, this, this uh, trauma researcher and thought leader, author, Dr. Peter Levine, one of the top trauma, trauma experts who's lived, he unfortunately passed away not too long ago, he wrote this book, Healing Trauma, and documents a story about polar bears. There was a breakthrough in our understanding of trauma. So for years and years, researchers would you know, chase a polar bear down with a helicopter in Alaska, tag it. You know, check its vitals, make sure it's all good. Uh, but they were befuddled and confused. Why do these polar bears make all this frantic movement as the tranquilizer wears off? They couldn't understand it. Then one day, a researcher played the video of the polar bear as the, tr- uh, as the tranquilizer is wearing off in slow motion. What did they find? Found that its legs were moving like it was running. What was it doing? It was releasing the energy of the trauma of being chased mm. by this flying demon that thinks, right? <laughs> then, then it brought me back to memory of, oh, my dad made us, we didn't have cable TV. My dad made us watch nature shows as a kid. Mm-hmm. And I remember seeing like a wildebeest get hunted down by a lion, dragged back. It's still alive. It's in the jaws of the lion. It wiggles free and runs off and the lion's too tired to chase it. Two minutes later, that wildebeest is eating grass. I'm like, dude, why the heck, you know, if I'm in the jaws of lion, I'm not eating a hamburger. Hey, Sean, let's go get a burger and fries, dude. <laughs> let's go eat. Come on, boys. <laughs> I'm, I'm dealing with it. But the animal kingdom is designed to process and release those energies so it can survive and go right back to life. Mm. We hold it in. How many people, yeah. how many women, how many men have relived the same freaking pattern and the same trauma and played it over and over in their mind? It's, it's such a great point, man. I, and it's just one of those things, like how does one become good at releasing those energies, right? And those, and that trauma. Yeah. So I'm going to, I'm going to tell you a secret weapon. All right. And that pretty much hands down works. <laughs> and this is one of the unique, uh, unique combinations of tools in my toolbox that it, frankly, I, I don't think anyone else has right now. And I'm just emerging and sharing this plant medicines. Take the combo of psilocybin or MDMA, or uh, I've done some sassafras with uh, mixed with uh, kana and a few other substances. Now, obviously, most of the stuff is not legal in most of the country, right? You can go to it's in clinical trials, stage three cl- clinical trials. Um, so obviously, proceed with caution, wisdom, etc. Um, I'm not necessarily endorsing it, even though implicitly, maybe I am. <laughs> I think we're talking about microdosing now, right? No, microdosing is helpful. 
But okay. microdosing does not create the surge in neuroplasticity that a, a significant, like if you go to John Hopkins University, Roland Griffiths has a, uh, he was one of the lead, he's one of the lead researchers in the world on psychedelics and their power to uh, help with PTSD and depression. Has a TED talk out about that. Talks about 80% of people who have done and it's a two to three gram dose of psilocybin. So it's not a microdose. Microdose is much smaller, but a, uh, typically closer to a three gram dose, two and a half gram dose maybe. 80% of participants said it was one of the most profound experiences of their life. And then people, generally people who have done, and they're testing, they're doing like two or three, uh, a lot of different tests out there and trials, but people that do two or three doses and, and this is a guided, also paired with therapy, so psychedelic-assisted therapy, people that had treatment-resistant depression, meaning no cure, nothing's working. Somewhere in the ballpark of 67 to 80%, depends on which trial and all that, have their symptoms go away. Mm. Up to two years later, because the trial, the testing or the uh, data tracking ends in sure. two years. So it could be way okay. beyond that. And I found that happen with my own wa my wife. That's how I got into this. Was like, hey, nothing's working. Um, she's battling complex PTSD. She's a three time suicide survivor. Uh, oh wow! Like I don't want. I, I'm not going to go down that path. Like uh, SSRIs mm -hmm. are just going to number. They're useful in yeah. some context. Um, and I didn't want to lose my wife. I was like, oh, I got to freaking figure this out. <clears throat> yeah. So are we talking more of like an ayahuasca type situation? Uh, so here I, I should clarify to create that rapid burst of neuroplasticity, usually a single dose of psilocybin MDMA is also very easy and gentle. It's not a psychedelic. Um, now MDMA is not easy to find that's safe. Um, ayahuasca is brilliant as well, but you really, that's a master plant and it, it takes you to Dr. Tara Marie has actually done it as well. Um, but in guided experiences, ideally with a trained certified or a trained guide. Um, but the week after you do a dose now, not a microdose, microdosing will help you incrementally. But the week after you do a dose, your brain is like flooded with neuroplasticity. It's like you're a four-year-old again. Think how easily four-year-olds learn, right? Mm. There in John Hopkins, it's a Tim Ferriss podcast recently that I listened to talks about they uh, they're actually testing it on stroke victims now so that they can accelerate how quickly they learn, relearn to walk their language skills come back and they're noticing a dramatic improvement when after someone has a stroke, then giving them a psychedelic dose. And then, and <laughs> now it's early stages It's on smaller trial, right? You always starts out smaller trial before it rolls to bigger mm -hmm. uh, data set and huge, because it creates that surge of neuroplasticity. So like, it's like your brain is now coated with fresh powder. Mm. So then what I do is I couple that and I do NLP to rewire your subconscious so I can rebuild belief structures. I can rebuild, I have another client, his marriage. He's very successful in his career. He wanted to show up with more love and connection with his, with his um, wife and children. And we did the psilocybin. And then at the same time, we're, rewiring his subconscious afterwards before so that man and, and literally his wife sent me a text a week later unprompted on instagram i didn't even know she followed me i didn't even know who she was and it's like mike my husband 
showing up. He's a whole different man. Whatever you are mm. doing, keep doing. You've, you've, uh, my, my husband is pouring into us in a way I've never seen again. I have butterflies again. And me and my, and our boys, we can't help but pour it back into him. Dude, this is, this is something that you can tell when you start talking about this, I kind of lit up. Yeah. This is something that I've been thinking about for quite some time. Yeah. Right. My brother-in-law, Jonah, told me about ayahuasca. I had no fucking clue what it was. And I'm like, all right, that sounds intense. But then as I start thinking about and, and, and really diving some self-reflection into certain traumas that I have, certain belief sticking points mm -hmm. that I have that, that, may, that are definitely holding me back yeah. in, in my business, oh, in yeah. my show, and, and just overall in general. Mm -hmm. like, this is becoming more and more interesting to me because, I mean, I've started trying to find ayahuasca's here in Florida. Like I know there's one in Orlando. And um so this is something that I, I, I keep telling my wife, I'm like, babe, yeah, I'm really feeling led to do this. Yeah. Um, but then I'm like super scared to do it too, you know? <laughs> um I don't think it's I don't think it's I'm afraid to release the feelings and and feel the those those emotions. I think for what scares me is the actual feeling of the actual psilocybin or yeah. MDMA or whatever it is, right? Um, that that kind of scares me. Um, but dude, this is something that I'm really interested yeah. in. Yeah, and and dude, if you, the traumas and trapped energy, nothing. Now it's it's got to be paired with intentionality, which you would be proceeding with intentionality. And it mm -hmm. also, I would say, with a guide or with obviously, if you do ayahuasca, you're going to have a shaman <laughs> type. But yeah, but ayahuasca, sure. I, I don't think you. What I would suggest or encourage is starting with a psilocybin experience. This is much mm. gentler, and it's it's going to help clear up some stuff be, before you get to ayahuasca. Ayahuasca is intense. It's right. It's 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 great. But you also really want to make sure that you got a great guide with ayahuasca. Mm. Yeah. Have you done that? I'm doing it later this year, but I'm going to go, I'm literally going to one of the best guides in the world. Um, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's called Blue Morpheo. It's in uh, Peru. That's the place I'm going to go. It's recommended by Oprah, a bunch of other, he was on the Ben Greenfield podcast, uh, Hamilton okay. Southern. So I can send you some link. Heck, you can join us if you want some. Dude, that'd be kind of cool, yeah. man. I have to do the psilocybin thing before that, yeah. though, right? Yeah. And so with some of your, you know, you mentioned your clients. Do you, when you're going through the dosing of the two and a half, gra mm -hmm. three grams of psilocybin, are you doing this in person with yeah. your? Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. So they fly out to you or you fly out to them. Yeah. And how does that work? So people listening can wrap their mind around it and possibly reach out to you mm -hmm. for some advice and, and hopefully work with you. Yeah. So. I mean, obviously we have to check for safety. The, the two main things with uh, any psychedelic is, and this is LSD, psilocybin, ayahuasca, et cetera, mm -hmm. is you got to make sure if, if you battle schizophrenia or bipolar uh, or any psychotic episodes, you don't want to do that. There's other ways. Mm -hmm. MDMA is safe generally still because it doesn't take you in that altered state. Um, but then the, the trusted guide, this is also do not do those things alone and without a guide, especially for your first time, because it's going to be, it can be scary because of the loss of control. It's literally the substance mm. will take you into a different state where you're going to see, uh, it's a beautiful state. That's why 80% of respondents have said, or uh, participants at John Hopkins have said, Hey, this was one of the most profound experiences of my life, mm. but it can be scary because you're just, especially if you battle control issues, um, which some people do, but, um, 
But what happens is you, you know, you, you don't eat for about four or five hours beforehand. Um, you set some intentions, you have a music playlist, you have a headset and, uh, I, you know, I, um, I mask and you have got to have the right setting. So setting intention. Mm. And, and also I would say the other thing is, is I've had different blends. Uh, certain blends have a different effect. Um, and I've got one blend in particular that I use in every single time. It's a beautiful experience. Um, but also uh, sometimes when you do these experiences, some trauma, some shame can, uh, come up like one session I wept. I literally, my wife is over here. She's having this journey connecting with her spirit self that is saying, Hey, quit trying to leave earth early. You're meant to be here. Your art is going to see the light of day. So it really was like helping her integrate back into, Mm -hmm. and this is just like seven months ago. Um, and so it was very healing for her to say, Hey, you know what? the suicidal ideation is, is not where you should be going. And it helped her really make a massive shift. And in that same evening, I'm having an experience where I'm seeing the trauma and the sadness and the grief of my dad pass through me mm. and my brother. And I'm, I literally wept. <laughs> wow. In the, That's heavy. And then I felt, but at the end I felt this lightness, you know, if you mm. think of your traumas, think of your fears, think of your anxieties, it's like you're carrying around bags of bricks. Each one of them represents another bag of bricks. And so as you shed them, you feel lighter and lighter. It doesn't mean you're done. Like I still have some bags of bricks to shed. Sure. But I am so much lighter than I was six months ago, than I was nine months ago, than I was a year ago. My wife's same. Dude, that's awesome, man. I, I It's funny. I, I go to when you were saying like, hey, if you battle bouts of schizophrenia or if you're bipolar, and I'm just sitting there thinking like, dude, I'd be the, I'd be that poor guy that didn't know he had bipolar and fucking take this shit and be all fucked up. <laughs> I don't think I have bipolar yeah, yeah, disorder, good, good. but, uh, but no, man, like, I think this is, I'm glad we went down this road because this is something truly that's been speaking to me for, yeah. for quite some time. And it's nice to get more information about it. And now I know where the fuck to go. Yeah. I mean, be quite honest, yeah. you know, because there are some things like, I think everybody, like, I think talk therapy is good. Yeah. Right. I mean, uh, to a certain point for me, I, I think there's some deep rooted, like you would say, neurological pathways that need to be rewired. Hundred percent. And 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 it, I think it's hard to do in talk therapy because it, it's near impossible. It, when you're in that conscious point, you're just judging yourself, man. Yeah. You know. Yeah, cognitive behavioral therapy, which is what most of us experience when we do talk therapy, it's very helpful for creating awareness, and it does help for let's call it little t traumas. But some mm-hmm. of the bigger T, it's not going to rewire your neurological pathways. It's too, they're too seared in. It's like there's a super highway in yeah. your brain, in your nervous system, and how you respond. Uh, somatic psychotherapy, which is what Dr. Peter Levine and others uh, teach, is, is more helpful for some of that deeper work I've found. Um, and then also Dr. Richard Schwartz and his internal family systems or parts therapy. In NLP, we call it parts therapy. We are working with these different parts and alter egos and get them playing well. But if you really have serious, significant trauma or PTSD, uh, I haven't seen anything close to the power of psychedelics safely done or MDMA type uh, or MDMA related substances, whether psychedelic assisted individual session for really deep traumatic work or ceremonial sessions, which is like what Dr. Mm -hmm. Tamri and, you know, I've done as well. And then, 
uh, also MDMR or EMDR, uh, if I'm saying it right. Uh, but man, you got it. It's like you need that neuroplasticity. And the craziness is, mm-hmm. is there's so much, so many breakthroughs happening in that space right now that if you're battling mental health or been through a setback in your business and it's just like a cloud over you, you can shake that cloud off so much faster and so much more effectively with the help of safely using those substances. That's really cool, man. I, I know there's a lot of people out there that aren't really privy to this information that, you know, they want to demonize this, this substance so much. But I mean, the reality is, man, it's, it, you know, as long as you don't abuse it, I mean, this shit helps people, yeah, man. Exactly. I saw a segment. I don't know if you saw this. It was on, I think it was uh, ESPN. And it was a bunch of former football players. Did you see this? I haven't. No, but oh shit, dude! You, I, I need to find the link and I'll send it to you. But they, all these big retired linemen, like macho men, yeah. right, um, got together and they were at this retreat and they and they took this 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 potion or whatever. And I mean, you see, you see six seven six foot seven, three hundred and eighty pound dudes on the ground, like. Yeah wallowing crying or laughing hysterically and they're all healing like this is a real thing like this is something that i i think you know needs to be widely accepted and i and i believe it is now i mean to be quite honest everybody it's coming yeah i mean and 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 you look at the militaries using it um they're hugely endorsing it because 22 veterans a day are committing suicide Right. Mm, so a lot mm. of the, the, a lot of the retreats and different things that I've been a part of Navy SEALs are there, former guys in that's CIA, crazy. you know, these, these type, these type of hardcore dudes, that's why, man, the huge endorsement for that, because it's about the only thing working like that gets rid of that treatment resistant PTSD or deep depression. It's, I mean, it gave us real hope and, and it, it really worked. I love hearing that about your wife, man. That makes me happy that that there's some peace there uh-huh. that, that she like, even just for her, I mean, more so for her. Right. But then also you and, and, and being a, you know, not, you don't want to lose your wife. No. Right. But I can, I can't even imagine, you know, having those thoughts that she had because I've never had them. Right. But I know how powerful they are yeah. and, and, and to be connected with her spirit self saying like, Hey, no, stop it. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you have a lot left. That is, that is, that is a testament to the great things that this can do. Yeah. And you've mentioned a couple of times to make sure you have a guide, but not only a guide, but a really good one. Right. Yeah. Um, where, is there some resources that people can go look at and just to, cause I mean, Hey, listen, man, you can go to the internet and everybody can, everybody can make themselves look awesome. Yeah, I mean, yeah. shit, we see it on Instagram all the time. Right. Yeah. It's like, you know, it's like, dude, be honest. Like the first time you message me, I'm like, Oh, I don't know who he yeah, is. Yeah. Right. I don't know who he is. I thought you might be another one of those people wanting to grow my account. You get them all the time too. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, your your engagement's really low. Yeah, because I'm not paying for it. Yeah, like, yeah. of course it's low. Yeah, it's yeah. the way it's set up. So how can one, you know, do their due diligence to make sure that they are putting themselves in the safest and most educational way possible? Yeah. Uh, make sure that it comes from a recommended source. That's first the first uh, step. Secondly, make sure you're you're feeling called to it. Like I think the plant mm-hmm. medicines call you to it. Um, yeah. And I, f- I felt called to it out of curiosity. Um, and then the second, you know, with the source side, like the source, for example, where I get um, our stuff is, is from a very 
competent naturopathic doctor out of Costa Rica. So he's mm. been in the space. He's been one of the pioneers in the space for like 30 years. And his, his blend, like, you know, they put the, the, uh, uh, medicine and, and, and it's blended with Rishi and lion's mane and, and other, you know, uh, uh, adapted, adaptogenetic um, mushrooms <laughs> with dark chocolate. I, I had to oh, go wow. to speech therapy and, uh, when I was little. <laughs> Some of those hard words still get me. <laughs> but, uh, um, so the blends are really important and, and the source. And then don't work with someone that hasn't done it themselves because it's really hard to guide someone that hasn't been through those journeys. Um, and then uh, the other thing is is do some research on it. Um, mm-hmm. Like I love like Dr. Matthew Johnson out of John Hopkins. A lot of YouTube videos where he talks about this. Uh, Dr. Roland Griffins, um, Tim Ferriss actually has mm. been one of the main main pioneers. He's put over ten million dollars in this. Really? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wow. And he's, he, and he's helped drive the legalization of it because of the effects that he saw and the potential he saw. Um, MAPS organization, maps.org. Um, also, Third Wave podcast is great for um, if you want to learn more about uh, different elements. There's also ketamine. Ketamine's legal. It's not as powerful as, as psilocybin and not certainly not as powerful as ayahuasca, uh, but it's still really helpful. But I would, I would, the, the greatest benefit people have with these experiences is when there is a trained guide or therapist with them. Yeah. Uh, just doing the substance alone, you'll still get some effects and still can be a very positive experience, but it's when you have both. Yeah. I wouldn't be inclined to do it just on myself. Yeah. To me, it'd be like, all right, I'm just using the substance. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I can't guide myself through this. Yeah. Right. I would want somebody there. And I would imagine most people would want somebody there yeah. that can guide them through it, or it could, it could turn into a waste. Yeah. You want to make sure that you get the most out of that experience. So yeah, man. I, I mean, I, I feel you on that one. Yeah. Right. It's just like when you start working at a new sport, yeah. like, you know, you're, you're a baseball player. I was a baseball player. Right. I got lessons. Yeah. I had guides. Yeah. Like I had so sometimes I had too many freaking guides, <laughs> right? It's like, okay, how many fucking like where do I put this piece yeah, of the puzzle? Yeah. This coach said that. That coach said this. So but I, I just think, you know, again, something that if people are interested in it, I I guys listening, if you're interested in something like this, you need to go and, and find my boy Mike. Um you know, on social media websites, every, all of his stuff is going to be connected to the show notes, but I want you guys to feel comfortable in reaching out to him and learning a little bit more about what he does, because I, I was introduced uh, to Mike by, um, by, by Taryn Marie, just by way of Taryn Marie. And, and right away, I knew he was a good guy when, when, you know, he said her name and, um, you know, it, so, so check him out, oh, you know, truly check him out and see what he's got going on. I would love for, uh, I would love to meet you in person, Likewise, man. Dude. Hopefully we can do that soon. That'd be awesome. Yeah, bro. That'd be you great. And, and maybe it's in an ayahuasca retreat or. Dude, or, that'd be sick. Oh, I got to start small, man. Uh, you said I got to start at the other thing yeah. first. I, I don't want to go straight to, you know, yeah. it's like going zero to a hundred. Yeah. Right. There, there's a couple of things I'll mention, like the psilocybin. And then also there's this other experience called a heart ceremony, which is an MDMA like experience mm. that you get flooded with love and joy. And, and what I, what I'll mention on that and I'm not the practitioner and the guide on this. Um, so I just participate, but, uh, the cool aspect of it is every single marriage that has been through this, including my own, you know, we were not in often not in a good spot and good marriages have come in and, and been like a surge ahead. It's like, they're, mm-hmm. they're, but it, like us in October, when we did it for the first time, 
not in a good spot. My wife was in another depression spiral. I had resentment and frustration around it. I was like, man, why can't she freaking hold her crap together? Yeah. yeah. And, and I was like, I can't do my work. I can't take up our toddler and my wife and do my work. And it's, everything's going to be a struggle as long as my wife is in a depression spiral. And within minutes of the medicine kicking in, I'm just flooded with love and joy. Mm. And, and I was like, oh, I saw how much she wanted to be over the struggle too. And I was flooded with empathy and then it started rewiring my communication from a, to a deeper state of love for her. And that's every single marriage we've taken through that process, unbelievable results. Um, and, but also just individuals, the joy and the con mm -hmm. heart connection and the release of some of the trauma and the bags of bricks that we carry around. So I mentioned that it, as, as yeah. an option too. Um, being flooded with empathy. Yeah. That right there is the key. If we led with more empathy on a day-to-day -day mm -hmm. basis, would we judge our partners the way we judge no. them? Probably not. Would they judge us the way they're judging us? No. Probably not, right? My wife is an empath. She is. Yeah, she feel, I mean, I mean, wow. That, that shit's heavy sometimes, man. You know, and I don't, I don't know how to deal with it yeah. because – I'm, I'm a weird type of empath. Like things bother me differently. Mm -hmm. Like she can see something on the news and it'll like, like it's happened to her yeah. and she's in fucking tears exactly. in me. I go, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And then I, and then I'm like, yeah, fuck, okay, whatever. And I'm like, that's not your life. It's, you don't have to deal with that. But there's me, you know, two weeks later going over the, mm -hmm. like over a bridge and worrying about it collapsing because of what happened. And so I internalize it and I'm like, now I'm afraid of bridges. Yeah. Right. You see my point? Like that's the, that's the yeah, weird thing about me. So it's almost like, man, she's got to figure it out. She's going to feel it up front, deal with those feelings and she's good. And I'm sitting here judging like, yeah. why are you so beat up about this? Yeah, dude. But then I'm paralyzed three weeks later. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and the cool thing, here's what I would say for anyone listening is you go through this, this healing experience i would recommend peter levine's work also dr david hawkins and maps of, uh, it's maps of consciousness and power versus force but as you learn to process and release a lot of this stuff and it doesn't stick with you it flows through you like fear emotion doubt whatever it's supposed to flow through you not get stuck in you for the next decade mm. and and you're supposed to be filled with love but if you're if you're all gunked up and emotionally constipated with traumas and doubts and fears and worthlessness and self-worth issues and all that, the good stuff's not going to stick. It's kind of like if I take a glass of water, it's got some dirt in it, it adds more water. The, the new water that I added just got dirty. Yeah, that that's that's deep, man. And, and I want to land the plane on that because that is a concept that I believe everybody can really grab onto. Mm -hmm. It's like we go through these daily struggles yeah. And we're holding on to all this gunk, like you said. And then when something good comes along, it's, it's, it's cloudy. Yeah. Right. You don't appreciate it as much. So man, look, dude, I, I just appreciate you so much, Mike. I, I'm, I'm grateful we met. I'm, I'm grateful we, we got to do this show on such a quick turnaround. And, um, you know, I want to remind everybody listening to please share this episode out with somebody that you feel needs it. Um, leave us, leave us a comment or review on Apple, um, or, or Spotify. We'd appreciate it. And, uh, with that being said, uh, Mike, dude, thanks again, dude. And, you know, I can't wait to connect with you in person, brother. It's been, it's been great. Likewise, my friend. Thanks for having me on. Anytime, brother. Take care.